push in the organization by generating internal demand. And that has been working quite well at several clients. But of course, you need to adapt those concepts to the setup of the organization, to the needs of the organization, to the demand of the organization, to have the right topic in the, in the place that could actually work. You are listening to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. The manufacturing sector is evolving and the work that happens on the front line is the key to driving future readiness. On each episode, we bring you conversations with global leaders in industrial companies. Our goal is to discuss trends, stories and people in digital manufacturing and offer the latest insight into solutions. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at operationsone.com. I'm your podcast host, Benjamin Brockman. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence, and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information. Hi, Engen. Welcome to the Future Proof Operations Podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Very pleased to be here. Great to have you. Could you give me a 60 seconds overview of who you are and what you are doing? Yeah, of course. Thank you very much again for the invitation. I myself am working for Archer Digital in our German office as a partner. I'm part of the global operations management team and within the operations management team, we are of course addressing the upcoming questions of digital through the next decade as one of the key enablers for efficiency, for further development, but also setting up, so to say, the operations in a new and updated manner. My personal background is not a typical consultant background as I'm coming from industry. I've been working in the first years of my career in the power generation area in the energy utilities industry, have gathered there some background on project management, on asset development, asset new build, asset maintenance. And based on that, joined, so to say, consulting. And I'm using that knowledge, of course, in client discussions, but also in all the projects we are delivering around the world. And again, before we start with our main topic today, I would like to ask you about your opinion on Industry 4.0. Is it still a relevant topic for manufacturing companies? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess there are several answers to that. All of us have seen throughout the last years that Industry 4.0 is actually not used as a term anymore. That was, I would say, some hype throughout the middle of the last decade and has been addressed, assessed, evaluated, and tried to be implemented throughout the, throughout the broad industry landscape in all facets, and has gotten lost as a term, of course, throughout the last years. Nevertheless, Industry 4.0 and all the digitization activities which have been started are still very important and will be part of all of our lives personally, but also in the business environment for the next decades. So digitalization and digital operations will be one of the key topics which addresses need throughout the world. And we will see that digital topics will be part of standard business-driven area where daily on daily basis, but also in long, on longer time frames, certain topics will come up 
and we'll try to solve them, build them into our operations or make them as part of our standard operations environment. We'll not talk about industry 4.0, so to say, but we'll, of course, talk about digitalization planning, execution, and how to rethink, for example, processes, technologies, and so on. Then let's go into it. Today, we want to talk about the digitalization of operations. Many companies are dealing with digitalization and still have their problems getting traction. What are their main challenges? The main challenges are quite broad. When we look on the background, what has been done throughout the last years and spend the time a little bit back through the, I would say, last five to seven years, there has been at a lot of corporations, a lot of clients at ourselves, the initial question in place, what digital actually means. And digital, of course, have been started as, as a corporate initiative where initial opportunities both on the benefit side coming from the business demands, but also on the opportunity side coming from technology opportunities have been assessed. And certain projects have been started. Those projects have been of course often transferred to the business units of large corporations, smaller corporations have been driving those activities at a certain extent. Some of them failed, some of them have been successful. But we see that now we are coming, so to say, at certain technologies, but also in the maturity on how to apply new technologies at a second wave, so to say, where transparency is actually asked on what the benefits have been and what key enablers are in place to enable actually the benefits. The key challenges are, I would say, quite broad. The key, one of the key challenges the business environment is often challenging is transparency on what is actually happening in the market, what can be implemented with positive value add to the business operations. On the other hand, of course, knowledge. How can new technologies be applied to operations and what kind of changes are needed to be done? It doesn't only mean that you, for example, choose a certain technology and place it into your processes and try to digitalize the process but that you need to think through, of course, organizational changes, cultural topics, process changes, and so on. And on the left hand, of course, this is most probably one of the larger parts, people, how to address people with the changing business environment due to digital. Do we have the right mindset? Are we addressing new opportunities right? Or are we seeing them just as a lever to optimize, for example, certain topics? The questions and the challenges are broad and often quite business-specific itself. Okay, let's go into detail. So as the challenges you name, transparency, knowledge, and people. When it comes to transparency, what are we talking about? Are we not transparent in a way that we know what technology can do or should do and what it's actually doing when it's being implemented? I guess it's both. On the first hand, the question is, You have a certain business problem and you are looking for a solution to that. And you are sitting, for example, in a business function or you are the head of the business function. The first question which comes in your mind is, how could I solve that? And would the digital application, the digital solution be part of that solution? If the answer is, for example, yes, then the next question follows, what kind of solutions are out there? And what is the maturity of the solutions? Is there, for example, a solution which has the maturity of a product I can, for example, buy and apply to my processes? Or are they, so to say, technology building blocks I need to 
get into an end-to-end -end solution or an end-to-end -end view and need to further invest in development to get that actually ready to run. Both the perspective on what is available and what the maturity of those technologies, if it's not a basic application, is still a quite large question. On the other hand, the transparency on where to apply that actually with, with a benefit and how to calculate the benefit and how, how to tackle the challenges of the implementation still may be part of transparency where you do not have a clear picture on how to take that, for example, and take it into your operations and build it seamlessly to whatever you have also in place. So transparency goes hand in hand with the second challenge you named, the knowledge, right? Yeah. So you need to have the knowledge, you need to have a transparent overview that you know how to apply and what to apply. Exactly, exactly. And again, I assume it's one of your tasks as an expert and as a consultant to bring in transparency and knowledge to your customers. But what can customers do beside that or probably before they reach out to you? How can you counteract that challenges as a customer? I mean, there are several ways to address those challenges, right? You can set up and way of business operations where you enable the implementation of digital opportunities into your organization and in your, into your technology landscape. That starts, of course, with an organization setup where you explicitly invest time in searching for opportunities market-wise, but also business-wise. And on the other hand, you need, of course, to have an technology and digital-oriented culture in place. This is easier said than done. I am totally aware of that. But we are often looking, for example, at assets, heavy operations, sometimes also in service operations, where the digital opportunities which are in the market are still addressed as large asset projects, where investment life cycles are calculated in five to six years, where projects are set up for three to four years, and people start and execute things. And a couple of years later, even don't know what the targets have been. And with that approach, it's quite hard to generate the value you are expecting from new topics because time is running quite fast. The technology maturity and development is running quite fast. And you need to be able to adapt to those structures. And this is not, of course, something you can prepare as an organization. But you need to be aware of that and you need to be also ready to have such a mindset in place. And this is, of course, sometimes a question which our clients come forward to ADL and ask even before getting new technologies or innovative solutions in place, how can that process actually be managed? You are talking about a digital-oriented culture. Yeah. When it comes to the people within the organization, how can you bring that culture in? What is the tool, the measure to enable the people within an organization to be focused on technology, to be focused on digital topics in general? I guess the first answer which comes to my mind is thinking project execution in a new way. Often you would say, think agile, execute in sprints, for example, that's not applicable everywhere. I guess the most important part an organization needs to be aware is that some sort of a failure culture needs to be in place. Why is that? If you are addressing new technology areas, new application areas, then not every project you are going to conduct will be a success. 
there will be also failures. Uh, majority of the corporations, when we look on into the market and into our environment, are used to having set up where people get a task, and the task can be a land task or a project, and they are measured on their success. And the success is, of course, and in majority, measured in positive values. Has the project been delivered in budget, in time? Has it delivered even if the value, even if when you're defining the value has been quite hard? And what was the outcome? That an outcome can be that you generated knowledge for the organization and also learned that something didn't done well because it didn't deliver the results and that this is still a good result is a huge culture shift. And I see a lot of organizations where exactly this mindset to explore new things with an open-minded approach, with an open-minded and open methodological way is just not in place. And people are sometimes even scared to address new topics because they know if I'm going to an exploration phase, there is a certain risk that I probably could generate a failure. And this is not well accepted by the organization because if I have a project where I've been working for a couple of months and generated a failure in terms, in terms of we are not implementing something or we are not executing something, then this is a stamp I'm going to get. And this is something you don't want to have. And then think also in a completely different way. But this is not innovation per se. This is project as we have, have executed projects for the last 20 to 30 years in our business environment. I find that super interesting because when I think of a failure culture and you are talking about that transformation or that mindset change, I think of startups, of tech startups, which are pushing that kind of failure culture a lot. But how do you bring it into an organization with 1,000 employees, for example? What are the tools you need to get that kind of mindset shift done? An interesting question, and I would even not think of 1,000 employees. The majority of our clients have 5, 10, 15, 20,000 employees and are larger. And the question is, how do you bring such tanker to a end culture shift? The first answer which comes into mind is, of course, to say it's set internal innovation teams, which are operating in a closed environment. That means not directly into the known business uh, operations, not directly into the existing organizational units, but as an internal innovation incumbent, so to say. But still you're operating with the same people, still you're operating with the same processes, methodologies, and the governance, and you need to have some flexibility around that. So creating an environment where employees can spend a certain amount of their time or even can be outsourced to, to that organizational unit, for example, to spend some time there and to work in a manner and in, in a style has not been in place until now in a small scale can help. On the other hand, project execution and project delivery can be taught through a new manner in selected business units and business areas. The most important part is that you need to have some sort of management backing and management alignment that you are investing, that you're in an investment mode in the organization, even if you're building, so to say, an internal incubator for new ideas or innovation, or if you're changing the project delivery and the expected results and the measurement of the expected results, you need to be aware of that. You need to communicate that properly. You need to set expectations right, and you need to have management backup for that. The most important part, I guess, is 
whatever way you choose is active expectation management and active communication towards that unit, towards that project, that they are able to operate in a different way and that they are also, um, so to say, in a closed environment where results are measured in a new and updated manner. And based on that, you can generate either both options, and there are several furthers, so to say speed boats, where you can generate at the rest of the organization mindset where people see that something is happening and see that either innovations generated or new solutions are taking place, and they want to be part of that. So you are creating an innovation push in the organization by generating internal demand. And that has been working quite well at several clients. But of course, you need to adapt those concepts to the setup of the organization, to the needs of the organization, to the demands of the organization, to have the right topic in the, in the place that could actually work. When you talk about that speedboat, do I understand it right that when we are within a big transformation project, a big digitalization project, you try to focus on one specific use case, for example, on one specific team, go to implementation fast, go to the results fast. And this is the speedboat which you can then use to get commitment from other teams and in the end from the whole company. Yeah, usually it's just one project, but usually it's a portfolio of topics which you need, which you need to manage actively, but it goes to the direction, yeah. You need to enable the delivery of innovation into your business operations with an as mentioned with a new understanding on how value is actually measured and how value is generated. And I would go not just with a single project because you know that the, that the risk that the project doesn't run well and can be taken as an not well executed innovation topic is quite high because it's in the measure of the topic. But if you manage a portfolio of innovation technology or oriented projects, and I would go for, we will usually go for five to 10 topics, which are running in parallel with very, very scope timeframes, with very, very scope areas of the interview and assess, for example, after a quarter of time, what has been working well, what has not been working well and communicate that actively to them, actively to the audience. And the audience can be either a business unit, for example, an organizational unit or the full corporation show that you keep on generating speed and then to keep on generating value that would help. And again, you said that success factors are having a, a great communication, let's say like that, having the management on board and bringing everyone into the topic, having everyone on the boat, so to say. When I talk with manufacturing companies, what I see at some point is that you have, for example, workshops, trainings. For the business people, the people who are sitting in the office, they are used to it. They know how a workshop is being done. And I see a gap between the office people, so to say, and between the people in the field, in the factory, in the shop floor, the frontline workforce. Do you see that as well? And do you have measures against it that you, when we talk about that digitalization project, for example, have different measures to get the frontline workforce on board than getting the office people on board? Yeah, of course. The question is, at what extent are you addressing either, so to say, white-collar, blue-collar employees? Are you, for example, coming from a corporate perspective or a business unit perspective where you would like to transform something on the shop floor? 
and what is actually your aim and the, the scope of delivery you are actually addressing. Is your aim to drastically change the operations, the, the processes where people are actively working on? Is it, for example, just a sole application or application-based solutions you, want, you, want to, you would like to implement? Those are different questions, but I guess that you're especially addressing the drastic changes on the shop floor where people are actually affected from the implementation of new technologies, because processes, governance, and the organization also need to adapt. Then, in my opinion, the key solution is to have those people, at least on the shop floor management level, of also on board. And it goes even further via the larger topic, a large digital transformation core topic, where we had, for example, the workers' council also from day one in a steering committee, but also as an actively sounding board and input giving element to have everyone who is affected on board and not to think out solutions through towards the implementation, start with the implementation and see that there is some sort of pressure in place because people don't want to do stuff because they do not understand it and that you didn't gather their inputs as well. Thinking through as all thinking digital projects through as also a people project where we get and involve all those people who could be affected as well, not just to have them on board, but also to use their valuable input as well. And then often people uh, things work out. When I think, for example, abroad where we had the workers council or the digital transformation project as well on board, we had the project at larger scale planned. And it went through the decision of the board of the company I'm thinking of to scaling to further sites coming from one side. And we had some political discussions. If things are feasible, yes or no, if the solutions which has been designed for a single site are applicable at the other sites, because the other sites have different modes of operation and different clients and so on, and were at a risky degree, so to say, and of progress. And at that risky degree, the Workers' Council came in place and actively was fighting for further scaling of these topics because they said, we have been on board. We are believing to the outcomes, especially when it comes to helping people to execute their daily tasks. There have been several interesting, interesting facets of that. And we want to have those topics in place because they are actually not helping people, but they are enabling them, for example, to stay longer on the job. And this is a key decision criteria as well. And jointly with the help of the Workers' Council, we were able to roll out those digital transformation programs to almost a major part of the size of the plant. So did you need to moderate that talks between you, the customer, and the Workers' Council? Yeah, of course. As a consultant, you have often not just a consultant, but also a moderating role where you need sometimes to moderate opinions. Sometimes where you need to help to adapt also different types of understanding when it, when looking to the same question, for example, or often also help to translate between entities, translate between suppliers and uh, organization. There are several facets of moderation, but yes, of course, that, that's one of the key tasks. I would like to jump into another topic, which is connected to our main topic, technologies. I know that technologies can be a big accelerator and driver of digitalization in general. And when we stick with your example project, I know that you, for example, talk about autonomous plant operations, which are supported by AI. 
and you are talking about the digital twin. Yeah. Can you bring more light into the topics? Yeah. I mean, you brought two very nice examples of topics which are at an early grade of maturity. And we have several clients, several projects where, for example, did the initial steps to generating a digital twin. But we have other clients that are still struggling to build the database, to build and feed the digital twin, for example. And the same is, of course, with autonomous machinery, with AI-based machinery, because the question is, what do I actually want to uh, generate and what do I actually want to have in place? Do I, for example, want to automate the majority of the decisions I'm taking? Today, as a process and manual waste uh, way, in the future, actively driven by the processes or by the machinery, where I, as an, for example, factory manager, am just oversighting the process, but I'm not actively part of the decision-making anymore. The question is, at what extent I want to use technology and in which industry I am, actually. Assetive industries tend to have a more harder time because the digital replication of the assets in a data entity and in the database world is still a challenge. And you need to ask yourself, do I need to break down, for example, my assets to functional elements? And what kind of data do I possess today? And am I even able to integrate that data to a full data entity, which I can use for further analytics? Or do I need to start with certain elements of that? When I look for service industries, that's usually more easier because when you look at services, today the majority of services are already in some sort of ERP and other application-based system, but still there you have interface questions and integration questions. So it's not that easy at almost all industries, but you have different starting points. And the key task is, in my opinion, to generate the right target. What do I expect, for example, on three months of time? What do I expect in six months of time? But what is, what is my vision and my target picture for the next five to eight years I want to achieve? Because that helps to get things I want to achieve and my roadmap of topics also better in place. Again, for communication, but again, also to uh, set the right execution pace into this. And when we talk about that vision and we connect it to the autonomous plant operations, which you are bringing in, how do you see the role of the frontline workforce in five to 10 years? Autonomous for me sounds some kind like workers are not needed anymore, or how do you see that? No, I guess that the roles are of the workers will be changing. But we will need workforce at an extent which we have it today, even more in the place, not in an execution perspective, more in an oversighting, knowledge-driven way, where autonomous operations, and we see that today already in different industries where autonomous operations is partially in place, needs to oversight it, needs to be developed further, but also needs to, for example, be maintained. So we will for sure need workers and This is a question I'm getting often, very often, at what extent we actually deliver digitalization project. If digital is a lever for cost savings or is it an lever for further uh, opportunities? And in my perspective, digital can, of course, be a lever for cost savings, but I never executed a digital program and digitalization project with the focus of reducing FTEs. In the majority, we were enabling the existing workforce to develop them and their subs further. And we have seen also that we, when we want to roll out digital solutions, 
that we need more workforce support to support the new way of operation. So it's a quite broad and interesting topic to elaborate, actually. This is very interesting. So you say you within your digitalization project, you come to a point where you actually need more workforce to get the work done? Exactly. Giving you an example, we are trying to enable the workforce. In an automation project, you can try to automate business processes on the application part, but also on the process part. The key focus which we are having through the recent years is to get people away from repetitive tasks. We know that very well. Uh, and to drive them to more value-driven activities. And defining value-driven activities is quite broad. What does the business operations need at a certain degree? Where do I want to develop myself? What is my long-term strategy? Where do I want to invest actually and on knowledge and strategy basis and get away from autonomous processes is usually one of the key targets. And if you enable actually the business operations to be able to invest to value-driven activities, then you're opening up new opportunities. And to address those new opportunities, I actually need either more technology or more people. And this is often an eye-opener. It has been super interesting to talk with you. We are coming to the last question. Let's go into a role of a CIO of a manufacturing company. It has around about 1,000 employees, and this manufacturing company is an old-fashioned one. So when it comes to the digitalization level, They have an ERP in place, but everything else is paper-based, manual processes, and very much focus on execution. And you are the CIO of that company. You get in charge right now. Which kind of topic do you put on the agenda today to be future-proof? That's a quite interesting question, and I would answer that twofold. The reality, I would say from the first hand, most probably the reality-driven perspective and on the other hand, the ambition-driven perspective. The reality-driven perspective will be one as a CIO where I most certainly will have a large degree of legacy topics I need to solve, from making data available, applications, infrastructure, on-premise, on the cloud, business and IT architecture, and so on. So I will need to address that. On the other hand, I will need, to, and that's most certainly the first bucket of topics I need to address. On the other hand, Coming again from an IT perspective, I will need to address topics to stepwise change my operations, to, for example, build new applications, to bring in digital technology to the operations, wherever a function has a certain degree of need. And I guess at the sketched, the sketched company, there will be a large degree, and this is an prioritization question. But second bucket will address After having addressed the legacy questions or in parallel, how can I stepwise transform my functions? And the third bucket of topics will be how can I transform my operations in a large manner? So what are the larger game changer topics? And would select what they are wisely one or two larger topics and bring that into my portfolio. At the end of the day, I guess for that company, the portfolio of topics you can address is quite large. But having some sort of methodology where you balance all topics is quite important. And the, those topics are legacy management, stepwise changing of the business operations, and what can I do in a large transformative manner. This is the first part. In an ambition part, I would think my business environment and the process environment 
from a native digital perspective. So how I would build my operations in a fully digitalized manner and so to say, think back on what can be done to reach that target scenario. That's most certainly the more interesting part, but the reality will show that the first reality-driven approach will help more. Engel, thanks for being on the podcast. Looking forward to see you in one of the next episodes. Very welcome, Benjamin. Thank you very much for the invitation. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we hope you found this episode valuable. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star review. You can find more information and resources at operationsone.com. This episode is brought to you by Operations One. Operations One is the leading platform to bring operations to a new level of excellence. By supporting frontline operations from planning to execution to analytics, companies benefit from an empowered workforce, increased operational excellence and future-proof operations. Visit operationsone.com for more information.